Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. <laughs> and what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here back with you after a few weeks off in the in the offseason. We are back, refreshed, ready to go uh, with the regular season here tonight. The Clippers taking on the Warriors on the road to open up game one out of 82 alex what's going on i know it's been a little while it's been a minute been a little hiatus but we're back in action right now man and uh looking forward to this season uh seeing what they got for sure but uh yeah it's good to be back jess for sure yeah and it's a it's going to be a, a fun and interesting season for the clippers and and just the the league in general we know that you know i think the lakers are probably the the favorites just from the talent level in, in the western conference yeah. but if you look down the rest of the conference, the West is still strong as it always is, but it's kind of up for up for grabs, you know, from there, from that two spot all the way down to ten or eleven. And we know that you know Phoenix has a lot to prove coming off what they did. Um, you know, Denver has their injury issues with Jamal Murray, but they're still very good. The Clippers, of course, without Kawhi, you know, Dallas, on and on and on. So um, it should be really interesting to see how well the Clippers can do. They still have a you know a ton of depth. Uh, and a lot of guys that stepped up big last year when Kawhi went down. So that kind of has to be uh, the formula for this year. What do you see for them and, and what potentially is their 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 footing and where they can end up in the standings this year? Man, it's a good it's a good um, it's a good thing to have to understand that you know it is wide open for sure. Um, I just saw the glimpse of Golden State and they were pretty awesome. You know what I mean? So they're they're contenders as well too so i'm looking at it where you know um you know they just got to get their foot in the door get in one of those eight spots and get a sweet situation where they get home court advantage and i think they're capable of doing that with the depth that they have that you just uh told about and um i just like the pieces that they put together and uh, making sure they they're, they're keeping their guys as far as team man and a lot of other guys and, and signing them early and letting them know that they want to want them to be there and giving them the reassurance and confidence to moving forward so they have the confidence to actually, you know, do some damage later on in the season and not worry about, you know, if they get traded or anything like that, you know. So I, I like the opportunity, what they're doing, um, and it's, it's going to be awesome for sure. And that's and that's a great point about T-Man. Of course, that was something that might have slid under the radar uh, for some people with the, the contract extension, you know, two years, $22 million that he was able to tack on to, 
what's already the two more years on his rookie deal. So he's essentially locked up for, for four years on, on a pretty great bargain. Um, and then you throw in, you know, the other guys, of course, Kawhi this offseason signing the, the big extension, you know, bringing back pretty much the whole crew from last year with, with Reggie and Nick Batum and then kind of adding pieces here and there. Um, what did you think of, I know when, when last time we talked, this was really before the Clippers had kind of addressed the backup or third string center role for when Ibaka's healthy, but it was kind of a competition between Isaiah Hartenstein and, and Harry Giles, and and Hartenstein got the got the final spot. What did you see from from Isaiah Hartenstein, and and what do you think he can provide for the team? Where at least right now, while Ibaka you know gets rare and, and back ready to go, uh, looks to be the backup center for the Clippers. Hartenstein, I think I think like a lot of other bigs, they just need that time, and uh, he's definitely getting the minutes that's needed. Uh, for him to actually get into, you know, his feet set where he can actually be comfortable with playing with these guys, the elite guys that they have. Um, you know, he prevailed um, in the, the, the previous game against Minnesota um, with the short minutes that he had. But, I mean, the quality minutes that he had and, you know, six points is not too shabby for sure for his first um, run with these guys, you know. So um, they know that the situation with Serge Ibaka um, – He's not injury prone, but I mean, it's just carrying over from last year, so he needs more time, you know. So with that being said, um, that that gap of trying to figure out who's going to step up, like you said, is going to be really huge, you know. And I think um, Hardenstein is definitely going to be a capable um, candidate for that, for sure. Yeah, and some of the things that I that I liked from seeing from him, obviously, a, you know, a huge body at a, as a seven footer and. Uh, you know, just does well on, on both ends of the floor. And I think, you know, the, the thing that pops out the most was the ability to be a good passer from, you know, the top of the key high post area, which is, you know, not always the case for a big man. But, you know, he's someone who was really setting up a lot of backdoor plays. You can kind of not necessarily run the offense through him, but, you know, use him as a point in the offense to to set up other guys and especially with the shooters that the Clippers have as well. So I think that's, you know, it fits with their identity and what they want to do in a guy who can just you know, see the floor, keep the ball moving, and, and keep the offense rolling as they would like it to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hardenstein is a seven-foot beast, you know, down there. But at the same time, he's a, he's a stone. But at the same time, he's moving very well and agile. Um, kid from Germany, um, he's been a pro all his life for sure. So he's not going to be scared by anything, you know, that's going on around him. He's been playing, you know, at the highest level possible out there. And uh, this is going to be a great chance for him to put his foot in the stone where he can be, you know, uh, a helpful tool later on down the season as well, too. Yeah, no question. And uh, another thing that I thought was interesting in the preseason, with we know Ty Lue is not afraid of switching up rotations, switching up lineups. Uh, in, in the starting line, in the starting lineup that, uh, that Ty is going with, at least to start the year, uh, is one that I think can definitely work, but maybe not the one that people would have thought of. He's going to go, or he's had, you know, Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe in the backcourt together with, with you know, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and, and Zubats. What do you, what do you think of uh, of Jackson and Bledsoe starting together? We know they'll obviously stagger and and play at separate times as well, but those guys playing in the backcourt together to start for the Clippers. Oh man, I think honestly both of these guys are really good players that come off the bench. You know, they the spotlight on them is that they just want to play their game freely without no contingencies of they have to actually start and like do all these other things. We've seen how um, great Jackson plays, you know, just freely whether he's coming off the bench and 
sometimes when, you know, he's called upon even in playoffs where he had to start, um, he played really well, you know, but at the same time, he has to be free to play. So whatever um, the coach gives him, I think they're going to be willing to be understandable uh, if they're starting one game or if they're not, but still be in their bag, you know. So I think the biggest thing is trying to get Bledsoe acclimated and letting him know that he is welcome and wanted on this team. He's definitely going to be somebody that's going to be useful, and he has to bring it every day for sure in order for them to actually bump up and get to these ranks as far as, you know, the, the, the second C and the third C for sure. Um, it's going to be a key, key point at a point guard position with these two. Um, and just all it comes down to who wants it, you know, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Who's going to show up and who's going to actually be consistent um, in building that string for um, for the coaching staff. Yeah, and I, and I think really the biggest question for, for them uh, would be just coexisting and, and making it a good lineup defensively. And we know Bledsoe is, you know, he's a beast on the defensive end. You know, Reggie can, yeah. can come and go on that end, but uh, just mainly in terms of the size of that backcourt, Reggie has the you know the length uh, that's a little bit underrated, uh, and Bledsoe's obviously very strong. So I think they should be able to to handle it just fine. And and offensively, these are two guys that they do different things, and I think can complement each other uh, when they're on the floor. They both, of course, are ball handlers, but Bledsoe's the guy who's gonna you know attack into the paint and kick out and finish at the rim. And Reggie, we've seen, has yeah. turned into a knockdown shooter. He can also set up other guys, but they can kind of play off of each other and still be able to coexist and play well uh, if they play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And then you got other guys too that can actually play the point guard. You know, but um, Batum he can get in and go. Um, it's not really a solidified spot like other teams that have a, a point guard that, that orchestrates the offense. You know, like the Phoenix Suns where Paul George is in, in place. These guys are really getting it and going. And, and I think the biggest thing that you said is coming down to actually stopping their opponents. Um, on the other end, and I know that you know sometimes we see Jackson uh, tend to linger off and, and not be aware of his man and lose track. But when he's actually on ball defense, he's playing really well um, to that point for sure. So it's going to be a really good um, adjustment for them to actually see who's going to be locked in on that that side of the floor more than anything. Yeah, and that's something we kind of saw the Clippers uh, disregard last year, where we know there was so much talk about oh, they need a point guard, they need this, blah, blah, blah. But I think we saw in the playoffs, especially when, you know, the rotation got shortened. Obviously, Reggie was more than capable in that department. But, you know, when Kawhi was healthy, of course, Kawhi and Paul George essentially are the playmakers for the team. And, of course, Paul George carried that through through the whole postseason. And and like you said, it's kind of by committee. There are other guys who could who can get it and go and put the ball on the floor where, you know, the point guard playmaker thing I think was – a little bit overblown to begin with, and then they kind of, you know, show that they are just fine in that department uh, of being able to handle the ball and create for their teammates, uh, whether it's a, you know, necessarily true point guard or not. Yeah, not as true. Yeah, and uh, we know the regular season uh, for the Clippers starts tonight. We've already had a couple of nights of NBA basketball back, which has been really nice. Uh, you mentioned the Warriors looked good. They beat the Lakers in uh, their opener on Tuesday. Clippers start out with that Warriors team up in the Bay uh, here tonight. Um, so what do you see for, for that opening matchup? Of course, the Warriors still dealing with some of their own health issues. You know, Clay Thompson, not not ready yet. Uh, they have a couple of new pieces, of course, that we've seen. But still Steph, still Draymond, uh, and Iguodala back. So, you know, a familiar team that we've seen. And, of course, 
the supernova that Steph Curry is. Um, but what do you see in that opener for the Clippers, who we know will be a little shorthanded? Uh, of course, Kawhi's out. Um, Nick Batum is just out for this game for for a personal reason. So they'll be a little shorthanded, but um, you know, still most of the crew there. What do you see in this opener for the Clippers starting out on the road? Man, I think I think they got to be understanding that these these go to state boys is really um, something new. They got fresh blood in there, you know. They got some old blood mixed with it at the same time, and you know, I got a chance to actually sit down and see that game, and uh, it was exciting, you know, from the jump from to be the very first game. It seemed like it was a playoff game situation. Um, these guys are really on high cylinders the way they pass the ball. And their unselfishness of how they give it and go, and they're moving without the ball, and that's the typical, you know, Golden State game, you know, and they're just knocking down threes left and right with consistency. I think they finished with like seven threes in the half or something like that, ridiculous. Um, and on top of that, you got, you know, um, the Tang there, uh, the best shooter in the world, um, that came off with a, you know, not so exciting game that he normally put, puts up so I think he's going to be a little bit you know aggressive toward, towards the next game with the Clippers you know so they got to look out for that of course you always got to look out for Curry that's the number one thing um, but he has help now and um, that's going to be the key thing and to what he said as far as with the, um, the Clippers it's going to be another test for them um, especially for the bench you know how able they're going to be able to bounce back and get rid of the jitters and get into the game and, and and get the feel for the game for sure because these guys are on the next level uh, as far as Golden State right now. Yeah, I, the point you made about Curry, I mean, he ended with a triple-double against the Lakers, but he shot, as you said, very poorly. So anytime you see that where Curry shoots poorly the game before, uh, you might you might be in for a long night uh, for yourself. But um, we'll, we'll see we'll see how the Clippers you know can withstand that. They're obviously very familiar with, with playing Curry and the Warriors over the years. So, you know, even if he goes off, Maybe they hold down the rest of the guys and and are able to to come away with that victory and and we'll yeah. see. I think they'll be. It's a it's an interesting mix as we mentioned for the Clippers of great team camaraderie and then still a couple of new guys who are you know probably going to have to take a little bit to find their rhythm. You know, most notably Bledsoe, but depending on you know foul trouble or injuries or whatever, if we see uh, you know any of these young guys come into the game early with you know Brandon Boston or you know Keon Johnson will eventually be there but he's uh he's out tonight as well but you know those guys who have a chance to play we know as you mentioned t-man is going to play a lot you know luke Kennard will have his opportunities um you know there there's great depth on the team but to see yeah who comes forward and, and really takes that next step for the clippers will be be nice to see and then you know not everything goes with with paul george but with Kawhi being out for a long time you know he is the the star on the team so the team is going to really you know follow his lead and how he can produce for this team and and what he provides on, on both ends of the floor yeah and I, I think not last year but the year after they were you know a little bit plagued with injuries and stuff like that and the chemistry wasn't there it was a little mixed off you know uh, trying to get in see who's going to be you know dominant force so are they going to be able to kick piggyback off one each other as far as Paul George and Kawhi and it really didn't mesh, but at the same time, they were waiting to see who was going to step up when the time was needed. You know, especially in the fourth quarter, they struggled a little bit um, during those tough times. Um, and it's all because of the injury, you know. And to start off like this, um, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's due, it's basketball at the same time. But 
they have to figure out how to actually, and I hope it's coming from, you know, the practice of them actually, you know, being able to get that energy and camaraderie um, moving forward and getting these guys um, acclimated when they actually start playing from Paul George to Reggie Jackson and uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think that's going to be a huge um, man in the mirror type thing that they have to face for themselves in order to move forward for sure. Yeah, no question. So, uh, we know we're in a little bit of a, an abbreviated episode here this week. We're going to be back on our full weekly slate going forward with, with full longer episodes and guests and all the good stuff. But before we get out of here, um, I want to get a couple of predictions from you. We'll go tonight with the Clippers Warriors and then, um, you know, record-wise, or not even record-wise, standings-wise, where you think the Clippers end up in the Western Conference standings. I know we got a, we got a whole season to go, but uh, just just your thoughts – you know, before we kick it off of tonight and, and where you think they'll ultimately end up uh, in the Western Conference standings? Uh, tonight, I think I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, I think they're, they're, they might actually um, – it'd be a close game, but, you know, I think Golden State is definitely going to be able to um, pull through with this one. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the standings, um, it depends on everybody's, you know, um, if everybody's healthy, let's think pop positive you know what i mean just to stay positive at always if everybody's healthy for sure they're going to be you know a five or five or four you know seed i would say nice yeah i think tonight i could honestly see it going many different ways but um i'll just be on the flip side i'll say they'll i'll say they'll pull out a close one as i said i can see it going any which way but uh just as you said to keep it positive we'll go there and then uh, <laughs> for the standings yeah I, i'm inclined to think that you know, I've seen, you know, people have had them anywhere from like four to eight to 10 or, you know, I think this team has really strong camaraderie and I think they have really strong talent even without Kawhi Leonard. So I'm going to say the same thing. I think that's what I was thinking Four, the four to six range, I think is kind of the sweet spot of where they can be. And then if they're, if they are able to get, you know, home court advantage in a season where Kawhi is out for a large chunk of time, that would be a huge accomplishment, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what they're able to do with a, as we said, game one out of 82 kicking off tonight. Let's get it. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As you mentioned, we will be back with our full episodes going forward, uh, episodes once weekly here on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for that. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. So for Alex Acker, this is Jesse Cass signing off. We'll talk to you again soon on the Believe Podcast Network. Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.